You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello again, hello again. I am Matt Minnick, uh, here with Michael Rogner. For the Tomahawk Nation Hoops Dedicated Podcast, we are coming at you with, with a little Clemson preview. Uh, Florida State going to be facing Clemson on, on Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. up in uh, Little John Coliseum. Uh, it used to be a house of horrors for Florida State. I felt like there was, there was a time where I just put that one down, down uh, as an L on the old win-loss column there before every season. But lately, Florida State's had some success uh, against Brad Brunell and the Clemson Tigers. Uh, isn't that right, Michael? Yeah, Brad Brunell is, has kind of become the, the, the whipping boy a little bit in the, in the ACC. So I'm, I'm happy that, that Clemson extended him. Um, I hope he has a long and, and uh, sort of unstoried career. Which, yeah, is, yeah. which he seems to be having. <laughs> They're good for a tournament run every every well, not not a run in the tournament, but a a run to the tournament every few years. They seem to build up enough uh, juniors and seniors where that's possible. But uh, this year, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a slog for the Tigers. They are. They're not a bad team. They are, are 14 and 13 on the season. They're a top 75 squad by most of the metrics. Uh, and, you know, so if, if you don't recall, Florida State uh, played Clemson already, played them on December 8th back in uh, the Tucker Center. That was, of course, a win because all the games in the Tucker Center are, are wins these days. Uh, and so that was actually a pretty big win. It was 72 to 53 Florida State uh, and, and, you know, kind of did what they wanted to in the second half. Uh, and since then, Clemson – at the time, I think even you stated that, hey, Clemson's a team that that probably was expected, but by the end of the year, they might be looking a little bit different, uh, especially going on the road there. And, and I, I will have to say, tip of the cap, sir, you, you have been proven correct. Uh, since that loss to Florida State, let me just read off a couple of their wins here. They, they have beaten uh, NC State at home. They finally stopped their Owen – a billion streak in Chapel Hill, uh, even though Chapel Hill's not very good. They got over that hurdle. They beat Duke at home, 79 to 72. 
Uh, they were able to squeak by Syracuse at home. Uh, and then they beat Louisville at home. And not only did they beat Louisville, they beat Louisville by 15, something that I seem to – it's kind of familiar to what Florida State just did uh, to Louisville. So um, this is clearly a Clemson basketball team that while they are coming off a loss on the road to a solid Georgia Tech squad, uh, Clemson is capable of winning games in Little John. That is fair to say. Absolutely, they're they're not they're not Florida State, but they are um, you know a, 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 a solid home team, and they they shoot a tremendous number of three pointers. Which, if you're always you know if you're when you're filling out your bracket in a few weeks, you know that's one of the things you want to check is that, that that can be the difference in those like thirteen seed versus a four. Get a team that comes out and shoots a bunch of threes. Well, if they start making them, you know that is. That is good night, and and Clemson is one of those teams that is going to um, attempt to light us up from the three point line. Yeah, so how, I mean, they they are top twenty team uh, in terms of the number of threes that they are attempting. They went nine for twenty three in that recent uh, win over Louisville. That's about forty percent for for you non math majors, uh, and then against uh, Duke. They were eight for 19, which is actually credit to Duke for holding them to, to only 19 attempts, but they still made 42% of them. Uh, so clearly that's a trend in their wins over some of the top tier teams is they happen to be hitting, hitting from three. They're not actually a great shooting team, uh, only about 32% on the season. That is 227th in the country. Uh, and they do have they have one guy, Amir Sims, who, who is kind of clipping along at that 40% rate. Uh, and so you certainly don't want to leave him open. But, but to your point, Michael, they attempt a ton of threes. And in a small sample size, anytime a team can get up uh, 30 threes in a game or 25 threes in a game, they certainly could make 10 of them. Uh, so is that – how do you think Florida State should, should come out and, and try to defend – is that a matter of defending against the the open pass kind of before the shot? Yeah, you mentioned that they uh, are not a particularly good shooting team. And this, this is classic Brad Brunell coaching. He has his worst shooting team in like six or seven years. And so naturally this is, this is the time that he chooses to start <laughs> shooting a bunch of threes. He didn't do it when he had really good shooting teams. Now that he has a shitty shooting team, he sees all over the three. Um, but yeah, so Clemson is – um, a team that you cannot overhelp on. And we, we, we tend to see that a lot, um, especially in the first half of games. Florida State comes up very hyped up. They're trying to shut down everything. And, you know, all five guys end up collapsing down into the plank, into the, into the paint. And Clemson, you just can't do that. You've got, you've got to let your guys win one-on-one battles um, when Clemson's try, trying to drive because they are, they are not um, – Looking necessarily looking to get to the rim, they're looking to drive and and find the the shooter that is then open and, and and kick out to them. If you look at the percentage of their shots that actually come around the rim, I think they're about three hundred and thirtieth in the nation. You know, and so it's so it's not like they're it's not just that they're not taking twos. It's like they're not taking two. They're not taking close twos. You know, they're they're basically like a. a uh, mid-range and a, and a, th- and a three-point shooting team and so when when um you know Amir Dahls or or you know Karan Scott or one of those guys inevitably beats a Florida State defender off the dribble you just you, you can't you can't overhelp you just got to win that you got to figure out a way to win that battle 
That is a great, I think, a great call out. Particularly, I, I am, I am betting uh, that Florida State, while while they they pro- they they enjoy the Louisville win, I, I'm betting that you know all week they're going to hear, uh, or they they heard, excuse me, that uh, they you know oh well, but you know you got to back this up. It means nothing if if you don't come out and continue to get the next win. So. I, I do. I am a little concerned that Florida State's going to come out almost a little too jacked up uh, and, and try to make that statement, you know, first round knockout and and yeah, over help. It, it, it'll be interesting too to see some of the lineups because if if you if you reach back into the the video film archives to the first Clemson game back in early December, um, you know, they're not an overly they're not a traditional big team. Like they don't have the traditional center. Um, and, and so against Louisville, where we were extremely complimentary of a guy like Dom, who was able to be physical, played 12, uh, 12 or 15 minutes, really, really uh, impacted the game defensively. Back in the first uh, Clemson game, Dom actually only played eight total minutes. Uh, and so we, we really went small. We had, we had Malik in there for 22. Uh, the, the, the trio, the big three, Vassell, Forrest, Walker, uh, played – 28 to 30 each. And then Patrick Williams played 26. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know, uh, Gray got some minutes as well. I, so two questions, is that what you would anticipate again, a kind of Florida state adjusting by going maybe to more of its small ball lineup. And, and I'll follow that up with in the first game, Evans, Raekwon Evans was actually kind of just rounding into shape. He, that was one of the first few games that he had really played, you know, even double digit minutes in, I think he got 11. Um, is this a game where maybe we're, we're able to get Raquan Evans in, in a bit more too, as he certainly has, has come on of late. Yeah. We've talked about um, the importance of resting um, Trent Forrest. And then in that first half of that Louisville game, he, he played 19 minutes, you know, not, not resting, but then in the second half, I think Forrest only played like 11. So, and it was all because Raquan came in and, and, and was playing really well. So uh, yeah, I, I hope that this is a game that, that Raekwon, you know, is in double-digit minutes, is like 15, 18, maybe even 20 minutes. Uh, and that those are minutes I'm talking about when Trent is not on the floor. I would like to see Trent be in, in the 20s, at, you know, in this game. Um, they'll obviously play together some, you know, on, on the floor as well. But I would like to see Raekwon running the show you know, being the point guard, doing all of the things that Trent does and just giving Trent, you know, that game where, where, where he can take it off. And it's, it, and whether or not that happens is probably going to come down to whether or not uh, we're doing a decent job of taking away the three from, from Clemson, which we did a terrible job in the first game. We did, they just happened to miss them. And plus we turned them over a gazillion times. Um, but if they're making threes, then Trent's going to have to have to be in there. They took oh, oh, in that first game over half of their shots were were threes um, against Florida State, so they only made nine. So you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But you could see how something like that could keep them in the game if suddenly they're making you know forty two percent or forty five percent from deep, and they're also you know taking a three on every other possession. Yeah, I got I got to admit, I'm I'm. I'm slightly concerned. Now I'll preface that by saying that Florida state can actually lose a game uh, and still maybe remain on the two seed line for the NCAA tournament, depending on what happens around them. They can lose a game and still, uh, and, and still win or tie for the ACC regular season uh, title and, and, and actually win the tiebreaker if it's a three-way tie against uh, Duke and, and Louisville. But, you know, 
Clemson led at halftime of the first game. Uh, they, they outscored Florida State 20-16, to 16, kind of in the opening quarter, if you will, the first 10 minutes. And then they doubled down and outscored Florida State again in the second quarter. So, so they led by six. Now, uh, we, we've seen some of these second-half kind of turnarounds from FSU. And uh, the, the first 10 minutes of the second half, Florida State imposed its will and outscored uh, Clemson 25-8. to eight. Uh, So that was, that was all she wrote right there. But, but to your point, Clemson missed threes and, and guess what Florida state did? Florida state went 15 of 32 from three in that first game. Uh, Everybody was hitting them. Justin Linder had a three. Uh, Raekwon Gray had a three. Polite had four. Um, (laughs) MJ Walker had three. So that was a classic FSU performance at the Tucker Center, where we, we have talked several times about why, why is Florida State so good at the Tucker Center? Well, they shoot pretty well at the Tucker Center. Um, I don't know that that's going to be the case in Little John. It could be the case. Florida State shot really well in the Yum Center, uh, you know, nice big open arena. Uh, Florida State shot pretty well at Virginia Tech. Uh, but, you know, you can't rely on going into a game shooting 15 for 32. So I, let me just ask you point blank. Are you concerned about a loss? Absolutely. Anytime you're, you're on the road, there's a concern. You know, the, the, the difference, I think, for Florida State is that we're, we're better able to execute the defense that the, that the coaches are trying to run. So, uh, and, w- and what I mean by that is that I, Clemson took more threes than twos in that first game. I do not think that that's going to be the case in this game. I think we're going to do a much better job of, of taking away the three. I mean, they're looking for threes on every possession, so they're obviously going to still be able to take a, take a bunch. But the way that you defend the three is by not allowing other teams to take them. Uh, so I, 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 I am, I'm concerned by, by the, you know, the chances of a loss, but I also think that – you know, Florida, Florida State has improved, um, you know, defensively since since the last game. So I have a little more, a little more faith that that the defense is going to be able to take Clemson out of of what they're trying to do a little better. All right, um, I that that reassures me. You just you just made me uh, made my heart start start uh, beating a little slower again. Let me uh, so. Before I get your official prediction, let me. We used to play a pick'em game there on Tomahawk Nation, where uh, we we would all kind of guess who you know the leading scorer or maybe uh, the rebounder or block shot or something. If I, I don't, I won't say scoring because I don't know that I necessarily that doesn't necessarily always mean much to me. But if I if I had to say who is going to be the the who is your most your two most likely candidates, uh, let's say for the Ken Palm MVP, or or who would you look to have kind of that that they're, they're the reason we point back to to winning the game. Uh, who, who would you say your two most likely candidates are? Well, as you've mentioned, and this is not the answer you're looking for, but as you've mentioned that sometimes players in defeat win uh, Ken Palm MVP, and Amir Sims is certainly capable of doing that. Uh, for Amir Sims for Clemson, you know, he's 6'8", 240. And we have a, we have a new writer at uh, Tomahawk Nation. His name is Kevin Little, and he's got a really great – a piece up on how Clemson uses Amir Sims specifically in like pick and pop situations and, and what Florida State can can do to shut him down. So so check that out. Um, from the Florida State side, in terms of uh, um, the the MVP of this game, I you know w- what I would 
would like to see is, or what I think we're going to see is Devin Vassell has sort of been sliding a little bit. And I don't want to say like slight in terms of draft stock or whatever. He's just, he's becoming less visible um, in a lot of, a lot of recent games. And he had a pretty good game first time around against uh, Clemson and uh, Clemson does not match up well with Vassell. They really have nobody who can guard him. So I think, I think that Vassell is most likely um, to, to have a big game. And then the other person I'm going to, going to go with is Raekwon Gray. He's been playing really well of late. And I, I, I would like to, <laughs> I would like to think that, you know, most of his problems come from being out, out of control. And I, th- I think that, that Florida state is going to be able to, you know, maybe uh, rattle Clemson a little bit, force some turnovers, get out in transition, and I think that this could this could be the the type of game that you know Raekwon Gray is uh, you know uh, really efficient in. So I'll I'll go with Gray and Vassell. I, I like both those picks a lot. I and the Vassell thing is something we've talked a little bit about in that he has become you know really what it is is that he's not when when the opposing teams are going in uh the day or two before to start to start looking at the film and x's and o's he's the guy they're focusing on he they are they're saying we got to cut off this guy he if he gets going we're in trouble uh and and he hasn't i don't know that you know he was a reserve last year we're talking about a guy that didn't even play half the minutes so you know, that it was new to him. And that is something that that's frankly why, you know, maybe in the, in the 10, 20 years ago, you're talking about a guy who just would come back to school and have a really great junior campaign and, and kind of learn what it's like to be the focal point. Um, I think he's struggled a little bit about that, but I also think that some of the teams we've played Duke Louisville, uh, they have had an ability to actually execute what they want to do from a focal point. Um, and so I'm not sure, like you said, that Clemson has an ability, even if you can say, well, we got to take this guy out of the game. That doesn't mean that you can actually take that guy out of the game. Uh, so I do think that Vassell has a bounce back. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State is losing at the half. Uh, but I think, I think Vassell does have a bounce back. And, and I'm, I'm also looking, I kind of mentioned him earlier, but I'm looking for, I think Raekwon Evans can show something. And, and I'm thinking he has, uh, he builds off of that Louisville performance and, and has a good game too. So I, I think Florida State splits Louisville and, or excuse me, Clemson and Notre Dame. I, I really do. I think, I think one and one feels like the right prediction to me. Um, I get, maybe I'm giving away, I guess what my eventual Notre Dame projection uh, prediction is, but I'm going to say Florida State makes it a 2-0 week and, and finds a way to, in the final, let's say, seven to eight minutes of the game, finds a way to kind of make the championship winning plays that are necessary and comes away with a hard-fought, you know, four- or five-point victory over Clemson. Yeah, I think that, that you know, Clemson is uh, – they're a little bit limited in terms of injuries, the plus – Plus, uh, Coach Brunell has has trimmed the uh, rotation down to like seven guys. That's not good. If you're Clemson, you can't be happy. If you're one of the Clemson players going into this game knowing you're not going to get very much rest, um, the the Vegas line isn't isn't out yet. <laughs> Excuse me, isn't out yet. But I'm guessing that'll be like two and a half or three points or something like that. Florida State will be favored. I will. Uh, I'll take Florida State in like a seventy to sixty-one game. I think we're gonna. 
I think we're I think we're going to come out and handle them, and, and Clemson is not going to be able to knock down enough threes to 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 to, to defeat Florida State. All right, so so two winning predictions uh, from us. Uh, definitely go check out that that article by Kevin Little. Great to have uh, some some more contributors on staff. I think there's going to be a few more. Uh, even you might see some other names popping up too, writing for some of the basketball stuff. Uh, one one last question before we head out. So if Florida State was able to make the make the two in a week and and they get the win. Do you think there's? Do you think they jump into the top five uh, of the AP poll after after what they did to Louisville and then backing it up with a road win against a team that has had some big road wins? Like, could they jump into the top five even if there's not a loss in the top five? Yeah, I mean, at at, at this point, we are uh, only forty points. You know, the one of the things that you got to look at when you're looking at the AP poll, it's not just this team's number one, this team's number two, this team's number three, but the number of points that are between the teams. You know, people were complaining that we didn't pass San Diego State when they lost, and they they only dropped one spot. But if you look at it, we're three hundred and and like thirty points behind them. And when we lost um, at Virginia, we dropped like maybe a hundred points. You know, so expecting a team to to drop like three fifty or something in, in one shot is is a little much. But right now, we're only forty points behind San Diego State, and San Diego State did did not look good on Tuesday night. They uh, used a, a late run to kind of pull away in the in the final three minutes, but they were trailing that game, um, and so. I, I think that there is a legitimate chance that we're going to pass San Diego State. Uh, if I, we were to win. Yeah, if, exactly. If, if we win and if we win convincingly enough so that voters who are actually paying attention will say, okay, it's not just the Louisvilles of the world that Florida State gets up, again, up, up for, you know, but it's also, you know, these, these lesser ACC teams that we can go on the road and just kind of put a pounding to. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I hadn't I hadn't looked at those vote the the number of vote like points lost uh, from our last loss to the to um, San Diego State's loss. That that's a good call out. I also think this too. So um, Duke choked. We talked last time. They they dropped that game against Wake Forest earlier in the week, and and I I, I have a sense that there were still some there's probably some split voting going on where some folks were still ranking Duke ahead of Florida state in the rankings based off of their recent head to head win. Um, and so with, with that being a second uh, two weeks in a row where, where Duke really played pretty poorly and, and lost to an unranked and in this case, not even above 500 team, I think Duke will, will drop, drop back enough to that some of those votes for, well, I got to put an ACC team in there. So who's the best team in the ACC? Some of those votes will now shift over to Florida state that maybe had been going to Duke. Again, this is all contingent upon uh, FSU taking care of business in a game in which they'll be favored by, as you said, maybe a basket um, or so. Uh, All right. That, that's, a, that's it for this time. It's just a relatively short pod. I hope you're enjoying them. And, and of course, we'll come back uh, after the Clemson game to, to discuss it, as well as the uh, Notre Dame game that is on the horizon. Uh, for, for Michael, I'm Matt. See you later.